Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live, coming to you live from Grace FM in Colorado. We, Our offices or our studios are in Aurora, Colorado to be exact, Calvary Chapel, Aurora. Thanks for tuning in. If you're listening in the uh, in the Colorado area or Wyoming uh, or online, you are hearing us live. If you're on the East Coast on the Hope FM radio network, you're listening to a broadcast that was broadcast last week. So on Hope FM, you guys get it one week delayed. You guys in Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and surrounding areas. But you can call while the show is on the air, and we will take your call uh, live on the air. You'll just hear it later, one week later. But you you can get in. I encourage you to call. Uh, anytime the show is on and we're broadcasting live, uh, you can, uh, you can call in and we'll take the call. You'll hear it live. You know, we'll talk live, but you won't hear it on the radio until next week. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000-720 is the texting number. So you can call us or text us. 720-336-0897 is the texting number. And uh, the texting number is for texting only. No voicemails. Nobody answers the phone there. It's only for texting. And we may or may not get on the air. Uh, we may not get your question on the air. We, we use the texts to fill time. So please don't be discouraged or disappointed if we don't get to your text question. It all just really depends on time uh, and opportunity. Like, for example... Uh, as soon as this show is over, I have another appointment uh, and I won't be able to sit here for another 15, 20 minutes and answer text. So I'm sorry. However, um, Thursdays are always a slower uh, show day and that means the phone lines are open uh, longer. That means the we get more text on the air. Uh, so if you've ever wondered or tried to get in, uh, Wednesdays seem to be full from five minutes into the show. Uh, but on Thursdays, there seems to be a little more open opportunity to get on the air. So call me, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Now, for me personally, I'm the pastor here at Calvary in Aurora, and we have a radio broadcast uh, that's been on the air, I believe, 16 or 17 years of the 18 years we've been a church. Uh, I'm not sure. I'd have to look at the start date, but we just found out that we're going to be starting Abounding Grace has just been picked up by uh, WZ. XV in New York, Rochester, New York. Isn't that cool? Uh, it's WZXV, the word. Uh, and we're going to be there Monday through Friday uh, and uh, have an opportunity to reach a whole new audience with Abounding Grace. I think that makes, well, I, I really don't know, maybe 60, 70 stations. And then, you know, one of the big changes too that we just saw uh, was that the station in Albuquerque, uh, where Skip Heitzig is, 
Calvary Albuquerque, just moved Abounding Grace to noon uh, and gave us the anchor spot for the lunchtime uh, crowd. And what an honor. Unbelievable. Uh, the open doors that God gives us. So pray for us. Pray for, um, you know, pray for Abounding Grace Radio. Uh, besides Grace FM, you know, they, they're all out of the same ministry, um, but they're separate. Grace FM is one thing. Abounding Grace is another. Uh, and so pray for us. And if you want to support us, that'd be awesome too. Uh, more support, the more opportunity to uh, uh, cover the costs. Uh, so 303-690-3000. We got Michael waiting on line one in Denver, Colorado. Michael, welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor Ed. How you doing? Good, man. What's up? I need prayer, Pastor. I was okay. listening to the broadcast earlier today, and they're talking about the book of Acts and how it ended. Yes. And how uh, and how the book of Acts is not a book about the Acts of the Apostles, about the continuation of the Holy Spirit and the Church growing, and and that's the general idea I got from it. Yes. Well, sir, I am ashamed to say that uh, I am not one of those people that making entries into the continuing book of Acts by my Christian activities. And okay. I really need to become one of those people to spread the gospel better and more uh, more of a, uh, I don't know how, how to say, that's the way I can put it, a much more of a serious, earnest attempt to be like the saints of old who who continue to grow the gospel through their dedication to Jesus Christ and and passing on the gospel message of that redemption. Let's pray. Let's pray. Please God, do. we ask for, for our brother to Michael. You know, obviously he's got some things going on in his life that, that have uh, burdened him, um, some decisions, some actions, that uh, he's not his normal self uh, like when he normally calls. And so I just pray into his life right now, Romans chapter 8, verse 1, um, by way of reminder and also by way of God requesting you by the Spirit, the power of the Spirit to uh, infuse this into his life, that there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus, to those that are called according uh, to his purpose. And help my brother to um, help my brother to persevere through this season of difficulty uh, that he would um, come through on the other side and that he would believe that anything that he's done for you has not been wasted, that he is, as a believer, a part of the book of Acts, whether he feels like it or not, or whether he believes he's doing a good enough job. Uh, you are um, you, you are with him, and, and you are alongside of him. And, and I know that at the same time, God, he needs your forgiveness, and he needs to repent of his sin, and come back to you, uh, in, as he's beginning right now, just in his heart, to make this phone call. Uh, so establish him, God, and remind him of your grace and your mercy. Uh, remind him of how we, are, um, how we are all in desperate need of your grace, how broken we really all are, how there's none of us that are perfect, nobody in the Bible, nobody in earth except for one man, Jesus Christ, the perfect one, the righteous one. And so be with my brother Michael, Lord. Let him be encouraged today. Uh, let him rise above the ashes of the 
heap of sin that he finds himself in. In Jesus' name, amen. All I want to do, Pastor, is be used by the Lord to spread the gospel. But for whatever you. reasons, uh, I know what they are. I, I, I don't minister the word to others like I should in my, in my community. And I don't, I, I just, it's like the saints of old that got dispersed when the, when the church was being, was being persecuted. They went out, they left where they lived at and they continued and they, they spread the gospel wherever they're at. And I, it's not what I'm doing. I'm not doing those things, which I should be doing. And, and I oh. find it to my shame. That's a tremendous revelation because uh, you, you're you way ahead of many people that are even listening in right now that that are not only recognize that, but also are admitting it and confessing it. But, but let me just add this. I don't know the circumstances and really don't want to know them. I just want to speak in general. And, and, and there is, there, there is a, there is a great danger, Michael, of focusing on what we don't do. When I hear words like should have, could have, would have, th- those are words of condemnation uh, because all of us could say that. There isn't one of us on the air right now listening or anyone calling on the name of Jesus Christ that don't have the would haves, could haves, and should haves. And, and if we focus on those, it's gonna, you know, it's just gonna lead to regret. It's gonna lead to condemnation. It's gonna lead to discouragement. And we just need to leave those behind, forgetting those things that are behind, and pressing forward to the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That that's what we need to do, and not because we can't live in the woulds and couldves, man. They'll just they'll bury us, man. I just want to serve God. Let's but do it. Sometimes I don't think I know how. Well, you know what? Let's again. Let's not focus on what we don't know. You do know. You've talked to people. You've shared with people. You've prayed for people. Let's just focus on what we do know. And let God and let God add to it as I go. That's right. Yeah, I mean, come on, Michael. Something again. Don't say it on the air, but something has happened from the last time you've called, and it's beating you up, kicking your tail, and you're not your normal self. That calls about some testimony or some desire or some mentor or all the things that are going on in your life. And, and so you've hit a rough patch is what's happened. And it's probably a serious rough patch on top of all the other hardships that are in your life. And the good news is you're going to get through this rough patch. You're going to get through it. I promise you by the power of Jesus and the authority of Jesus that you're going to get through this. Amen. All right. God bless you, brother. Hey, let, let me say Bye-bye. a quick prayer for you, Pastor, if you may, if I, I may. receive it. Go ahead. Sure. Father, bless Pastor Ed. Bless his church. Bless his family. Bless his community, his congregation. Thank you for his wisdom, his guidance, and for his prayers. Lord, just thank you for and for all the other men of God who come on this program and do the same thing he's doing today. Thank you, Father God, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, Michael. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Let's pick up with Cindy in Aurora, Colorado. Cindy, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. You're I have welcome. a question for you. Great. Okay. In First Kings 19, where Elijah gives his cloak to Elijah, um, and then Elijah says, let me go say goodbye to my family. 
And Elijah says, okay, go do that. And then he says, um, what is it? What did I make you do? Or something to that effect. Now I can't remember. Earlier I okay. said it, but now I'm not sure. That's okay. But do you know what I'm talking about? Um, I'm going to open Eric? up there. Um, okay. I'm going to open up to First Kings 19. I taught that not too long ago. Uh, and 19. Uh, he departed, found, uh-huh. he found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, plowing the yoke of oxen. Elijah passed by him, threw his mantle on him. So, you know, that's going to be his successor. Uh, he left right. the oxen, ran after Elijah. Please let me kiss my father and my mother, uh, right. and um, I'll follow you. He said, go back, and, and for what have I done to you? Uh, right. And Elisha that's turned it. back. What does that mean? Oh. Well, Why I think it's just a... say that? I I, I think it's just a statement of of him saying what go ahead. It's really not like go ahead and you know, what have what have I done to you that you can't go back and say goodbye? You're gonna be leaving your family, so go ahead and say goodbye. Um oh, really, I didn't understand why he would question why it was a you question. know, this in in the New Living Translation it translates it um go back but consider what I've done to you. You know, go back and don't stay there. Like, understand, right. this calling oh, is going to require okay. your whole life. So maybe that's what I should have done was looked in another. <laughs> that, that's what I do. That's one of the first things I do. I, I, you know, the translators have dedicated their entire lives to making the Bible easier to read, but accurate. And so, one of the first things I do when I come up against a real wrestling text is I check a couple versions to see if it doesn't shake out my thinking on the topic. Um, and so you that's know all what? I did. I have an NIV and a NLT. <laughs> yeah, so let's see the NIV. <laughs> here's what the NIV says. It says uh, the NIV doesn't really help. It says good but go back well, Elijah. Uh, what have I done to you? Um it's the same right. thing. So let me see what I said. In my Bible study when I taught this, um it, I just kind of did it as a um as an introductory. I didn't really elaborate on verse 19, but the idea of Hey, go back, but just understand you're, this is a lifetime commitment. Like, and and of course, we're in, we're studying Elisha now uh, on Wednesday mm-hmm. nights in our church, and and I mean, Elisha got it, man. He he not only got a double portion, but he's perform. You know, he this brother is is doubling up on all that God's doing through his life too. Oh, he got yeah. it. He oh, yeah. he said goodbye and he meant it. Yeah, because that's why he burned it. To me, my understanding for him to burn his. Um, his, what are those? Um, well, and then cut up all the oxen and fed them with, so he had nothing to come back to. Am I out? Yes. Saying that right? Uh, I, I, I do believe there's a, a, a symbolism of full commitment. Yes. Uh, whether it's that okay. he couldn't come back to him or not, you know, that, that would fit. That could be a good application, but really the idea is full commitment. I'm going to do exactly, uh, he, he burned. It says he burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat, gave it to the people, and ate. Then he set out. So really, the only the only insight that we get is that he was feeding everybody like they had a party before they left. Before he left. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that helps me a lot. And I'm going to well, go great home question. And, and look at my. <laughs> yes, it's great. And you know, a free and another free tool that you can use with different versions and even commentaries is. Blueletterbible.org. Blue Letter Bible. Okay. Yeah, and they okay, have an app. Thank you. And 
it's very user friendly and so many free tools on there that um, saves you hundreds and hundreds of dollars in building a, a library. Right, right. I can understand that because I can definitely yes. do that. <laughs> okay, Easy to well, do. Thank you so much, and you have a okay, wonderful evening. Okay, God bless evening. you. Thank you. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions, uh, walking through the scriptures together, uh, 303-690-3000. got a text question uh, that is good. It says, uh, great news about the station in New York, I agree. Uh, can you please tell me what the Bible says about people who are mentally challenged? Are they held accountable for their sins? If they don't know what they're doing or what to believe, for example, an autistic individual who had a horrible upbringing now hates God. Well, I do believe that uh, God holds us accountable for what we know and not what we don't know. And the unfortunate, even autism and mental, mental challenges in our brains, you know, all of us were born with a broken brain uh, and a broken body. The only difference is to, to what degree. Uh, that that with, with autistic or mentally challenged uh, folks, they, they're going to stand before a holy and a righteous God, and God is going to judge them holy and righteously and graciously. And, and I do believe that God doesn't change his standards uh, for the, the sake of those in different categories of life, and I think his standard is the righteous blood of Jesus Christ. And the the reality of the knowledge that a person has, uh, he doesn't judge us for some. He doesn't he doesn't judge people for what they don't know. Uh, he judges them for what they do know. And and I think that the I think biblically the mentally challenged would fall under the category <clears throat> of the understanding of an age of accountability. And there there is a there is an, a, an age or a, a time in life where you realize what you've done. Uh, and the decisions that you're making. And so I just think God's going to be gracious and loving. And, and, and when we're standing before God, um, that, that we, and we recognize however he has chosen to judge righteously, we will all agree with him. Uh, we will all agree with him. But I do believe there, there are, um, that, that God is gracious and he's going to be gracious to those who have limited understanding or even more so, a limited ability to understand, uh, uh, to process, to connect. And I wonder, I wonder too, in the simplicity of a precious autistic child or someone who is mentally challenged, what type of inter, uh, what type of, um, what type of special relationship that they're capable of having with God. So, um, pulled away from this world system, I, I, I tend to think it's, it's probably a very sweet, wonderful, intimate relationship that God is able to have with those that are challenged, that, that are having a hard time processing reality, the, the physical reality in front of them, um, but at the same time are able to communicate even in a spiritual language with God. Um, and, you know, for this autistic individual who had a horrible upbringing and now hates God, I would have to talk to them to the point of what do they understand about God? What do they mean by that? You know, what what's their definition? And just talk to them and remind them of the love of God and speak to them, speak to their soul. You know, the gospel transforms a soul. 
it doesn't change a mind. And, and that's we get so stuck, I think, in thinking that the gospel message is, is just to the head. And so when we see someone challenged in the, with their mind and challenged with their thinking, we seem, we seem to think that the gospel is challenged to get to their soul. But God is not limited by our limitations. And God is not limited in reaching and loving um, people that we are unable to reach or love or communicate with because of the brokenness of their mind and body. Uh, and I just think that there's a great opportunity for them to have an intimate relationship with God be- because of the disconnect from the craziness of this world. Great question. Um, so grateful we have a God who's loving and gracious, and he loves through his son, Jesus Christ, who paid the price for sin. All right, let's look at uh, Christina. Let's go to line one. Is Christina in Aurora, Colorado. Christina, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Thanks so much Hi. for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, my call, my question is about um, kind of the gift of speaking in tongues. And okay. my understanding is there's kind of two places for this. One is maybe corporately where there should always be an interpreter. Um, but my other question, and more specifically what I'm looking to understand, is the idea of a private prayer language. Yes. Um, I feel like there's a lot of churches right now that are <clears throat> coming really against the idea of the very charismatic movement. Yes. For good reason, I think. Um, but I was raised to understand that we all have a private prayer language, that we can bring our um, submissions and, and prayer requests to the Lord, um, and not out of fear that the enemy wouldn't hear them, but just in a way that translates maybe our emotions in a way that our words can't. And yes. then I recently looked it up on Got Questions, and they were actually um, well-cited biblically to say that actually there isn't really a private prayer language, and that it almost edifies the self more than it does kind of the spirit or, or what the intention. And so I'm just wondering if you can bring some clarity to that idea. Well, when you're searching through GodQuestions.org, it, most of the time um, they they take a they try to be generous. They do such a great job. Uh, I think that they're based in Colorado Springs. They they do such mm-hmm. a great job. But some of their answers and some of the authors are cessationists uh, and dispensationalists. Those are just fancy words to say that um, the person that probably wrote that article uh, it doesn't believe those gifts extended to today. Um, and you know, dispensationally means time periods that they were just existent in that time period, uh, which would mm-hmm. eliminate most of the uh, charismatic type beliefs in Pentecostal churches. So, um, the Bible certainly does teach that the gift of tongues exists, uh, mm-hmm. that the gift of interpretation in tongues exists. Not only does it teach that it exists, but it gives examples of it being used uh, and exercised both properly and improperly, uh, and you know the 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 idea of of tongues being primarily a personal prayer language is actually a belief a biblical belief that i hold to i think that that's the primary use of tongues it is a mm. personal edification gift uh, it is something that god's given to some and so when you said that when you said you were raised that that raised in a um, with the belief that all of us have a personal prayer language if that equates to all of us have the gift of tongues i don't think that's true. I don't think everyone has the gift of tongues. I think the Bible teaches that clearly when Paul asks rhetorically, does everybody have the gift of tongues? He's, no, not everybody has every gift. Not that everyone can't have that gift. 
but not everyone does, especially, especially the cessationists. And even if they do, they don't exercise it because they don't believe it exists, right? Mm-hmm. That'd, that'd, be like, that'd be like saying, I don't believe in hammers, but there's one in the garage. I just don't use it. You know, I don't, I don't believe in hammers. Well, even if you don't believe in it, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and so I do think that, I do think from the restrictions in the Corinthian church, from the instructions of the gift, um, the idea of tongues being uh, in, interpreted in the original language as a manner of speech or an expression of speech, um, the manifestation of tongues bypasses the mind's limited lingui- you know, our limited abilities to talk. I, I, all of us have been in this place in the physical realm many times where words just don't describe uh, mm-hmm. the feeling that you're having. You just, or, you know, at the birth of a baby, I remember when our grandson was born, it was an unbelievable feeling. It was beyond words seeing my son there with his son and just how happy he was. And I remember when my kids were born, um, just how amazing it was. And words just don't describe. Well, in our relationship with God, the same thing happens. Words, our English language is just so limited. And God has given to some a spiritual language that they can communicate with God uh, and be personally edified. There's nothing wrong with right. that. Some people speak like like being personally edified is bad. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Okay. No, that gives me a lot of clarity, Pastor. Ed. I, re- I really appreciate that. I think um, I was kind of not necessarily raised to believe that everyone can speak in tongues, but that if you yes. do, that the private prayer language is kind of the most appropriate use of that, unless God indicates an interpreter in a in a corporate setting. So I think that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I did have someone say to me when praying in tongues um, that it's helpful to them to, you know, plug their ears or put in earplugs or things so you don't hear your voice so your flesh doesn't try to participate in that. Do you think there's any relevance or truth to that? Well, let me give you a test. Uh, put your fingers in your ears and talk. Can you still hear yourself? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that to me, I'm, it's just a pragmatic. I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I don't, I don't think it, I, it doesn't accomplish what they're, what they're going after because, you know, you're, you're going to hear what you say, whether your ears are stopped or not. Okay. But it's the same thing. I would say if it helps someone, great, because it's the same thing as we tell our kids to, or, or even when we do it as adults, you know, close your eyes and fold your hands and bow your head. If it, if it helps you to pray, great, but you don't have to. Okay, that's a good way to look at it. Okay, cool. Thank you. I appreciate that clarification. It was something that I thought, well, I've prayed in a prayer language. God has used the gift yes. of tongues with me before, and it was kind of discouraging to read that it's for them to say it's biblically not a thing. So I appreciate well, and that is one that is one view. It's the popular. It is a popular view, um, and it's by primarily from a from a system. I see that that's where Calvary Chapel is a little different because we are dispensational. Um, I think every believer is dispensational, um, and and not maybe not in the the strictest terms, but if we think of dispensational as two as time periods, every believer believes in the old covenant and the new covenant. That's two time periods right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, as and so all that really, but but dispensational dispensationalism can be extend, extended to where, um, you know, God doesn't operate this way anymore. He only operated that way in that time period, and I just don't see that biblically. And on our, um, I did a, a whole series on the spiritual mm-hmm. gifts in Romans and mm-hmm. all the manifestations of the Spirit in First Corinthians twelve. 
Um, especially I spent one study just on tongues and interpretation of tongues. And um, those are all up on our app or website if you if you want to go through them. They're very helpful to our church. Okay. Thank you so much, Pastor Ed. You're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number taking your calls taking your questions we're coming up on the 32nd mark uh, to end the first half of the program so we'll just have you guys call in get that open line uh, it is available to you I'll read a couple of the text questions uh, during the break and let's see what God has for us in the second half uh, it's amazing how fast the show goes by uh, but in the second half, and, and I have a prayer request for you guys. I'm going to put a prayer request out there for a friend of mine, and I will explain it uh, in the second half. So stick around. Stay with us. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Taking your calls and questions, 303-690-3000. I think the lines are full, but you can text me at 720-336-0897. You're listening to Calvary Live, originating from here at Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado. Grace FM is the radio network that reaches Colorado and up into Wyoming. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone that is listening in, both down in Colorado Springs. Uh, The new work that's going on in Ellicott through Rocky Mountain Calvary. God bless you guys. Uh, The Calvaries and the churches down in Colorado Springs, love you guys and I know that you um, got some great steps of faith ahead of you and just reaching the lost. And of course, up in the metro area, all the way up into Fort Collins and you guys up in Cheyenne, Wyoming, I had such a great time with you at your men's conference not too long ago. Keegan, Pastor Keegan and I headed up there. Just such a joy uh, to serve you guys up in Cheyenne, Wyoming and um, great, great, great stuff. And of course, you guys on Hope FM, uh, welcome, welcome to this edition uh, this today's show, Calvary Live, you guys in Philadelphia, all throughout Pennsylvania, Maryland, New Jersey, and every t- I say that to my New Jersey friends, and they say, we don't speak like that, and uh, <laughs> I just do it to laugh, that's all. Okay, uh, with a smile on my face, but also a little sadness in my heart, I'm just going to ask you to pray uh, for my friend Debbie um, and my buddy Jack uh, he, um, and, and uh, their family. Uh, because uh, Debbie's father uh, went home to be with the Lord this morning. And um, just a special family in my life. Uh, I grew up with Jack uh, in my neighborhood in Southern California. Uh, We played Little League Baseball together throughout the years um, and spent a lot of time together in high school and uh, after high school. Did a lot of bad things together. Grew up in the same rough neighborhood and... um, we're always in the same place and uh, had all kinds of mutual friends. And And uh, I met Marie and uh, in high school. He met Debbie. And uh, Marie and I ended up getting married. He and Debbie ended up getting married. And we both have three kids. And uh, he's in California now um, when we're out here in Colorado. But Jack is the guy, sometimes when I'm sharing in my testimony, uh, is the guy that got saved and uh, invited me to church, invited himself over to my house 
and invited me to church. Well, his wife, Debbie, um, lost her mom uh, in high school, uh, just a very traumatic thing, and now has lost her dad this morning, and uh, we just need to be in prayer for them. Um, they've invited me to oversee the memorial, uh, to which I will um, I will agree. You know, what an honor uh, to do that. So, Father, we do pray for Debbie and Jack and Jessica and Ashley and Daniel and the whole family, Lord, that uh, we greatly miss Dan. Dan, we we were just there not too long ago talking about the Dodgers and hoping that they would win the World Series. Uh, just seeing him recover from some of the challenges health-wise he had. And, and today was the day. Uh, today was the day you called him home. And so we know that you are uh, the God of all comfort. But may you be felt and experienced by the God, as the God of all comfort by uh, the families today. You know, even Glenn out in Kansas City, who's going to be coming in with his wife and um, so many the lives that Dan touched. Uh, so be with Debbie today, Lord, as she is in shock and dealing with the reality now of a life without her dad. It's just too much to bear. I know a lot of people listening in are grieving. Um, I don't know everyone's story, um, but I but I do know, just like um, Bonnie last night, you know, sharing with me all the losses that she's had recently. It's a part of, it. it it's so much being carried around in people's lives. So, Again, you are the God of all comfort, but may we experience you, God, with the comfort that you extend, and may we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's take the calls here and come back to the phone line. It looks like it is Margaret, line number two, Margaret, in Denver, Colorado. Welcome to the program. Thank you. I have a Hi, you're on question. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, hello? Yes, go ahead. Oh, hi. So I have a question regarding the Women's March this Saturday here in Denver. I was invited, and so I told them I would attend, and then I saw the posters they were going to carry and asked me to carry them, and I said no, and because it's disrespecting our president, you know, and I'm just not going to do it. So I decided I'd make my own posters and use uh, a verse in Esther, and I can't remember what it was. It was it was something like, this is why you were created you know, and, and okay, I was for such a time as this verse. Is it is it the verse where it speaks of uh, who knows if you've been um, uh, born for such a time as this? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, what's your question? Is, is that appropriate to use at a place like this? What kind of march is it? It's for social justice. You know, human rights, and you know, all these immigrants and um, uh-huh. other you know uh, women's rights. Do you believe in the cause? In some of it, not all of it. Okay. So yeah, go go and participate uh, in participate in a way where, you know, the things that you do agree with their movement and carry whatever kind of sign you want to carry. Okay, cool. Thank yeah. you. I mean, I think standing in uh-huh. the gap for for immigrants, standing in the gap for the those that don't have a voice. I mean, I know here's what happens. Here's what happens in our world. Everything becomes so politicized. It, it becomes so political. And then we, just like the devil, he loves to divide people. So the best way to divide people is to politicize something. But we're talking about families here. We're talking about yeah, and I recognize all the legalities of everything, but let's get down to it. We're talking about families. We're talking about people. We're, you're a people. I'm a people. 
and even these these folks that are having to deal with the reality of their their life and social justice is very important the church should be on the cutting edge of standing in the gap for those that don't have a voice and even though that movement and that group might be very politicized you'll be there as a voice that says I'm this isn't so political to me guys it's more personal because I love people in Jesus name oh cool yes thank you so much I just You're welcome. to hear some good Words. Yes. I mean, it's going to be crazy there. I'm sure it's going to be crazy. Yes. Um, it, it's going to only continue the divide, but there are voices. And I believe the voice of Jesus Christ, he wouldn't, you never see Jesus making something political. He always made it spiritual because, you know, the Roman government was whacked. They were horrific. They, they were worse than any despot uh, dictatorship that's ever existed. They, they were, they were vicious. And Jesus lived in that whole, in that very turbulent political time, and and literally within a few years, the church turned the world upside down. And I just think we dilute all of our power, and we dilute all the power of the Holy Spirit when we think we're going to change things politically instead of changing things spiritually. Um, even if God's called someone into politics, the power is still spiritual not political. Okay. okay. Right? Well, I can change your political party, but God can change your heart. True. What do you want? Which one would you choose? I'll choose heart any day because once God has your heart, he can take you anywhere he wants to take you in this world. True. That's so right. That's all right. So can you just pray for me for that day? Sure. For Let's do it. And all the women that are going to be there. Thank you. Yes. God, I pray for this march. God, I know that there is many, there is much uh, to be said about the motives of those at the march uh, to stand in the gap for those that don't have a voice and to stand in the gap and uh, for those that, that are disenfranchised and hurting and in poverty and, and so many things are going to be represented. And there's going to be those with voices that want to make it political and use it for their own um, purposes. And, you know, who are we to judge the hearts of men and women? God, would you, would you help us? Uh, to be salt and light in the earth and not to be trapped by these temptations uh, to jump into worldly, you know, dialogue and debate and and instead just stand in the gap for those that need help. And I pray a special prayer for those that are politically minded, that that's how God you made them, um, that they would be active in that realm, that they would be active in the freedoms would be given in this wonderful country, that people have sacrificed their lives for the freedoms we exist, that we that we they exist right now and we enjoy, um, and use them greatly, but help protect them, God, protect them from the system, that they might use the system for your glory instead of the system jacking them up and taking them away from you, Lord, and just kind of taking them away from the main thing, and the main thing is the souls of men. And so be with my sister as she marches. She's got some challenges up ahead, but I know you're going to meet her there and be with her there. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're going to head over to Baltimore, Maryland. Christopher's on the line. Christopher, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Um. I actually met you last year at the East Coast Pastors Conference. I actually got to meet you for the first time. It was amazing. I praise God for the ministry that he gave you and all that you do with it. It's truly oh, amazing. Thank you. Um, That's cool. I have, a que- I have a question. It's kind of off-the-wall question, really. But uh, Okay. 
It, uh, your prayer request earlier kind of really rings my heart. As my father just passed away and went to be with the Lord last week. Oh, I'm sorry. And something happened that night that I can't explain. Okay. It happened to three people, my mother and my brother and myself. Okay. And I'd like to believe it was the Lord doing all this, but knowing my background with black magic and demon talking and all the all that good evil stuff that I'm kind of torn and I don't know what is what and how to t- walk away with this. Okay. Um, pastor Ray Bullis, uh, my pastor came and his wife and we prayed over my dad before he passed away. And when he finally stopped breathing, I broke down and I knelt down by his bedside. And my mother said that she watched a white mist leave his shoulder Okay. when that happened. And both my brother and I spent a little bit of time with him and before, after that, and my mother asked to spend a little time with him alone. Just give her 10 minutes, and then after 10 minutes, come get her and all that. And I went out into the waiting room with my brother, and we were talking with the rest of the family. And after 10 minutes, my brother and I started to head back in there. On the way back through the room to the ICU, I heard my name called clear as day. And I turned around, and none of my family was behind me. My brother and I were walking almost side by side. None of my family was behind me. It was all nurses and doctors, and I didn't know any of them, and they didn't know me. I told my brother, I just said, I just heard somebody call my name. And he turned around and kept walking closer to the room, and I heard my name called again louder. And I turned around, and nobody was standing there again other than doctors and nurses. So my brother said, just give her five more minutes. And five more after five more minutes, we went into the room, and my mother was sound asleep on my dad's chest. Well, after we tried to get her out of the room, she, had, she kept asking permission if she was allowed to leave. And it, my brother and I kept saying, yes, it's okay to leave. After a couple seconds, silence went by, and my mother said, okay, I'll leave, and walked out of the room. She took about five steps, and she said it felt like something disappeared from her. Okay. Like, her whole, like, she no longer felt whole anymore, and she almost lost the strength to walk. I don't know whether that was... Because I, I understand that the last breath you take on earth, you take your first breath with the Lord. If you're absent from the body, you're present with the Lord, if I'm That's not right. mistaken. So when my dad took his last breath, he should have been with the Lord. But what was sure. all of that? Well, I, I don't know, number one. I don't know what all that was. Um, but I, I do know that in a very traumatic time of loss like that, um, we, all kinds of things are happening. Um, it could be something in the spiritual realm. Uh, it could be something just in the mind. Uh, I doubt that it's demonic. I know that was part of your thought. Um, I don't know what it was, but I doubt that it was demonic. You know, things that are demonic are going to take you away from the Lord. They're going to take you away from reality, not encourage you or help you or or even give this chance for your mom to linger a little bit with some memories of your dad and then to step away with permission. So I, I don't know what it is. I know that there was a lot of traumatic trauma when my son passed away and my head and my mind went all sorts. My thoughts were, my head was filled with all kinds of thoughts and all kinds of things. And I would dream and see him in my dreams, or I think I'd heard his voice behind me. And, and I just took those events and I just thank God for them. I didn't try to explain them. I just received them. 
uh, and just kept walking with the Lord. Okay, that's kind of what I'm doing. As I'm taking it, that was it was all from the Lord, and I and I praise Him for the comfort that He's given. If nobody yeah. else, me, that I've been able to stay level and not lose my mind this the last week 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 or so through all of this and. If anything, I think it brought my mother closer to the Lord and my brother, because yes. he sat there as an agnostic. He flat out said that I, I'm not going to say there is a God, but I'm not going to say there's not a God. But whatever that, whatever happened that night, he said, I believe in that. And well, my I mean, mother that... walked into church so, on so Sunday. Let's speak, yes. let's speak to that for a second. Let's speak to that for a second, because the phenomena that you guys experienced isn't something to believe in. So make sure you stay close to your brother and and make sure that, that his beliefs are going to be toward the reality and the presence of Jesus Christ. Because God does use signs and wonders, but to get someone's attention to the reality of Christ. So don't give up on your brother, okay? Okay. All right, and man. My mother gave, she went to church one Sunday, and this past Sunday, and she yeah. left with a Bible, and I think, <laughs> that he's used this situation. That's awesome. He so. is. I mean, grief is uh, grief. Uh, the loss of a loved one, especially someone so special like your dad and a husband and a dad, a, a brother, a friend. You know, he grief. Grief is a is a deep, uh, searing hole uh, in our hearts where we miss the one that we love, and and it's also a deep opportunity that God often uses to draw people close to himself, the sadness and sorrow. And so let me recommend a website to you for you guys and for your mom. Uh, and, and they probably have classes around uh, where you are as well. Uh, it's called okay. grief. It's called grief share.org. Um, grief share.org. Okay. Yes. And, you can sign up for a little daily devotional there. You can also look for the classes. We do these classes in our church, and and they just help you when you're ready to walk through all the emotions, all the feelings, all the all the phenomena that surrounds the loss of a loved one. Okay. I only have one more quick, really quick question. It's a question my mother asked me, and I tried to answer it as biblically as I could, but I just want to make sure I gave her the right answer, and I believe it is um she she's afraid that now that he's with the lord because it's all he's ever wanted was to is his words were to sit at the feet of jesus she said she's afraid that now that he's up there he's completely forgot about her yeah i don't believe that ha- i don't believe that's true i don't think and i'm i'm going to be cr- a little bit crude a little i probably won't be that way with your mom but i'll be, i'll tell you this so you can understand my perspective a, f- a friend of mine said that after we die we aren't any dumber in heaven than we were on earth <laughs> and so you know your dad knew your mom in, on earth he's definitely he has perfect knowledge now he is not going to forget you uh, we are going to be reunited with our loved ones and we're going to have a greater, deeper, more intimate relationship with the Lord uh, and with each other uh, in a whole new realm than, than we have on earth. So absolutely, I believe that your dad is so much smarter now in heaven and, and has a, a perfect knowledge of his, the precious family that he got to enjoy for his time on earth. That's beautiful. Praise God. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you so you, much. 
You're welcome. I hope we're out in the um, Pastors Conference again this year. I don't know if we're going, but uh, we always have a great time on the East Coast, man. You guys, it's just a whole different world out there, man, and we love it. Yes, it is. I've gone two years. Last year was the second year that I've gone, and it was, it's it, it's amazing, the atmosphere, and just 1,200 men singing together, singing praise to God together does something to you. Unbelievable. And Pastor Joe, man, he is just the real deal, and... And I love that song at the end. We have to sing to one another. You know, it's like it reminds us of like being kids at camp again. Uh, but yeah. man, it is. I just love the ministry on the East Coast and have made so many friends. Last year I was at Bridge Fest uh, serving with um, Pastor Lloyd Pulley up in uh, Old Bridge, New Jersey, mm-hmm. uh, and and was able to teach at a church out there. And and so just just really cool. We even went to uh, one of the not last year, but the, I think the year before or two years before. We we caught a Baltimore Oreo game while we were out there. That was pretty cool. <laughs> it's amazing to see the things that the Lord's doing, and I, I, I'm just great. Him that He found me and pulled me out of the mess that I was in. Amen. Well, if uh, if we able to connect at the East Coast Pastors Conference again, I look forward to it, brother. Look forward to it, brother. Bless All right, you, brother. God Thank bless you, you so man. much. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Got a few minutes. A couple text questions came through. Um, I I wanted to to touch on. How do you know the difference between condemning yourself or the Holy Spirit convicting you? Great question, because they often feel the same way. Uh, when you're condemned or you're convicted, it has similar feelings. Not exactly, but you know you feel bad that you sinned. Uh, you feel bad that you hurt someone. You feel bad that you sin against God. You feel bad. Um, but here's one of the main differences. Conviction of sin will always draw you toward God, asking for forgiveness, humbling yourself, uh, wanting things to be right, seeking to fix things. And the condemning feeling and the con- condemnation of the enemy and of our flesh will always take you away from God don't want to be in church anymore. I don't like myself. I don't like, uh, I don't, I don't think I'm worthy. Um, who, who am I? Uh, so the main difference is the conviction of the spirit draws an awareness of our sin and brings us to God to fix it. The con- condemnation of the flesh, um, reminds us of our sin, but pushes us away from God that can fix it. Good question. And then there was another one, I'm not sure the motive of this question, but it says, is there anything we can do about the false doctrine of homosexuality in the church? Um, well, the the first thing I think of when I think of homosexuality is love. Um, I, I think we need to learn how to love those that are making uh, choices that are not reflective of God's desire for them. And homosexuality is clearly a sin uh, in the Bible, and it, it's clearly a a painful sin, just as bad as fornication and adultery, any sexual sin. But if there's, if if what you mean by false doctrine, like like there are churches that are approving of it and teaching is it, it is good, um, we we need to, if you're a part of that church, to Matthew 18 the leadership and say this is not biblical, uh, and and bring about a challenge to this false teaching, like any false teaching. Uh, and then if you happen to be in a church with this false teaching, it's probably time to leave. Um, because it is not uh, biblical, but but let's not make it again political or uh, the reality of someone that's caught in adultery, the reality of someone that's caught in any sexual sin, including homosexuality. That's a person that Jesus Christ died for, and it's a person that is wrapped up in sin. And all of us have sinned. You could say that we are wretched in our sinfulness, uh, 
but because of God's grace through the cross, uh, we're no longer living in sin. We're not perfect. We're, we're not sinless, but in Jesus we sin less. And so, you know, homosexuality is prevalent. It was prevalent in Jesus' day. And, you know, Jesus taught and affirmed marriage, one man, one wife. He taught and affirmed purity and holiness. He not only taught and affirmed it, he lived it by example. Um, But there's a difference between the false doctrine and the people, and we just can't ever lose sight of the people. And and we reject false teaching. That's what we do. What do you do about the false doctrine of homosexuality? We reject it. But we don't reject it in a way where we reject people or the heart to reach people, or the love of God to reach uh, the lost, whatever sin might be holding them back. But that, that was good. Thank you guys for um, for texting. 303-690-3000. see if we can grab another call here. Uh, we are going to pick up, it looks like it is Brenna in line number one. Brenna, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Can you hear me? You're welcome. I can, yes. Okay, I'm on the road from New Mexico to South Dakota, but I'm calling because I want, I need prayer. Um, I know we were speaking of grace earlier, and I want to testify that the Lord has brought me out of grief. I had a a very abusive um, childhood, and from that went into a marriage and now divorce, but the Lord has just healed me from so much grief. And me being, a, me being a Native American and, and seeing that suicide and hopelessness is such a huge issue on our reservations, I'm calling, asking for prayer that I can go forward with boldness and courage and great faith, full of the Spirit, so that I can minister and, and, and bring people to that same hope and that same healing that the Lord has brought into my life. Okay. And that's what I'm calling for is I just would like prayer. Okay. Let's do that. Um, God, I pray for my sister Brenna. She's traveling and she's her you've just enlarged her heart to to want to be uh, used by you uh, in, in as an agent of change to bring hope to a a whole hopeless generation. Uh, even a hopeless um, group of people that are connected by ancestry and connected by bloodlines and connected by situations that are very unique and and you know living on reservations and and having um, the background and the heritage that she shares she has a special heart for her people just like Paul did uh, Paul had a special special heart for the Jew so much so God that you told us in your Bible that he said that he would rather die he would rather give up his own life if it meant that all of the Jews would be saved. And I know Brenna has a similar uh, heart for her, her nationality and her people that, that she, she wants to, to be used by you, God. And she has pain and hurt and grief that she's personally experienced your healing and your strength in her life that she might, just like the Bible says, just like you tell us, we receive comfort from you so that we can comfort others. And would you use this sister in a powerful way to, to, be, to, to be a comfort, to be a help, to bring hope where there's hopelessness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. You're welcome. God bless you. Stay in touch. Call us back in a couple weeks and tell us how it's going. I will. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. 
Well, thanks for listening today. Um, I've got a couple minutes. I just want to invite you to service this weekend. If you've never started a book of a Bible with us, this weekend at Calvary Aurora, we're going to start the book of Hebrews. It's the last New Testament book that I have yet to teach here at this church. You know, our goal is to teach the whole counsel of God from Genesis to Revelation so that one day I can stand before the congregation and say um, that I have not shunned to give the whole counsel of God. Um, And now with Hebrews, when we finish it, I will have finished teaching verse by verse and chapter by chapter through the entire New Testament. Uh, But we're starting it uh, this weekend, Saturday night, 6 p.m., Sunday morning, 845 and 1045. You're you're invited. You're welcome. Uh, You're you're more, if you don't have a church home, come on out. You want to visit, you need to be encouraged, looking for a church. Uh, we're on Hampton and Biscay. Of course, you guys out of the area can always join us online uh, at calvaryaurora.org or on the app. Um, I was pulling out the app today and noticing just all the resources that are available on our free app. It's, it's good for any device. Uh, just go to your app store and put in the words Calvary space Aurora. And two apps will pop up, our Grace FM Colorado app, which is free as well, and also our Calvary Aurora app. And we put a lot of things up there. We communicate a lot through the app. You can go to our live services. You can take Grace FM with you on the road. Um, And especially those of you in the metro area that have some spotty coverage, uh, even though it's a pretty powerful signal, there are some spotty areas, and you can just listen to it on the app and plug it into your car. Um, That's what I do sometimes, so... Thanks for joining me this afternoon. Blessing to serve you. Go to calvaryaurora.org for more info. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.